time to cinch up, pull your hat down, and ride with the Native Cowgirl Podcast. Here's your host, Cheyenne Wilson. Hey there, thanks for tuning in for episode two. And since I'm on an honest track with all of you and my nervousness in my first episode, I will just tell you that this is the sixth take of episode number two. (laughs) So you're not going to hear the other episodes. I trail off or some loud noise happens with the tractor driving by the window or something. And I honestly just told my husband and my son, I need to record this. So what are you guys going to go do? Like, hint, hint, I need it to be quiet around here. So they obliged and went off to do some stuff. So thank them for that. But I'm super excited to be here today. And I am going to do a little Q&A session. Um, Over the past month, I have put out that if anybody wanted me to answer questions they had to fire away. So every Friday on the nativecowgirl.com, I send out an email and a giveaway, usually every Friday morning. Sometimes it trickles a bit later, depending on what's going on on the ranch, but I try to do it ahead of time so that it goes out and it's timely. So with that, I've really had the pleasure of some amazing people, whether you are listening to this or not, if you don't get my emails, you can certainly sign up right on my website. Uh, If you do, and if you've submitted a question, I will definitely be answering these as time goes along. And I only have, oh, I don't know, 25 minutes today to try to get to these questions. So I'm going to do the best I can. And let me just say that, like I admitted in episode one, I am a leap first, look later type of person. And I'm doing that very thing with these questions here. I'm pretty much answering them as they come in. I'm not thinking about my answers. I'm just going to do it off the cuff. So here goes. The first question comes in from Shelly, and she wants to know what the advantages of living on a ranch with nature are. Oh, Shelly, that is a great question, and I thank you for submitting that. And honestly, I could talk this entire episode about it and keep on talking, but I won't do that. I actually have lived in several big cities uh, over the years. It's been quite a while. I The last city I lived in was Denver, and I left there in 2004. So I will talk a little bit about the differences there. One of the things I noticed, um, I've lived in Minneapolis, Los Angeles, Denver, and several other large cities, but the biggest thing that I noticed is you don't have an appreciation for the seasons as much as you do out here. And that's just my experience. And if you live in a city, you may disagree with me. And you might, I was younger when I lived in the cities and I didn't appreciate the things going on around me as much as I do now. So speaking from the perspective of living 60 miles from the nearest grocery store, I guess that's probably why I focus on gratitude so much and being thankful for the simple things in our lives. And I talk a lot about slowing down, shutting out the noise, looking up, you know, all of those things, because when we slow down and we take a deeper appreciation for the simple things in life, you realize how important they are to your well-being. So I love that we are coming out of a winter slumber right now. Spring is here officially. We are seeing baby calves all over the place, green blades of grass poking through. We did have some moisture a little bit ago. We definitely need more. We're not alone in that. I read recently that a statistic that it's 
I think America is 70% in a drought right now, which is very scary for anyone in agriculture. But we are very thankful for the life that we live. And there's nothing like waking up in the morning, watching the sunrise on your porch with a cup of coffee or whatever it is you enjoy, a couple of ranch dogs running around, the sound of the meadowlark nearby, and watching the sunrise. Um, That is absolutely the greatest way to start the day. And it's a really great way to end the day. You can sit there on the opposite side and watch the sun go down, um, spend time with your family, you know, and that's the thing about ranch life that I absolutely love is that we do pretty much everything together, except the podcast where I kick them out and make them go do something else. (laughs) But I think you get the idea. So from sun to storms to winter to spring, summer, fall, Nature is such an important part of us as human beings, and I don't know that that's talked about a lot. I have actually been doing some personal research on that subject and how, um, you know, you've probably heard somewhere along the line how far removed a lot of people are from, quote unquote, the farm or agriculture or things like that. And it was interesting. I know when our son was born 12 years ago, I was reading things in parenting magazines and whatnot about dirt being healthy for children, you know, getting out in nature and getting dirt under the fingernails and playing and, you know, and we worry so much about our youngsters getting involved in things that they probably shouldn't out there. You know, we got to be careful with whatever it is. But we can't bubble wrap our kids either. And we're going to get the common cold once in a while. And I know we have bigger issues to worry about nowadays in the last year. But I'm speaking more about the well-being of us mentally, physically. Uh, they're talking about how children, they, they don't play in the dirt. Like, I, I don't remember the statistic off the top of my head, but it was literally jaw dropping. It was enough to where I actually read it out loud to my husband. Um, that children don't play out in the grass, in the dirt. Um, And that's because, well, in big cities, there might be a public park and there might not be. And playground time is limited and things like that. And especially with the pandemic and being at home, people weren't going out and doing that. And so that was an interesting thing for me to learn. And so I just thought I would mention that here. But All I can tell you is that I feel very blessed to be able to live where I do. And any time I want, I open the door and walk out and I'm in nature. You know, there's maybe some downsides to that um, for some people. Like I get a I get a laugh and I joke with my friends because many of them have amazing manicured lawns and patios. And, you know, all I, I can picture several of them right now. And they know I'm super envious of their beautiful, you know, um, landscaping that they have. That is not here. In fact, I was just outside picking up some old bones and sticks that my ranch dogs had drug up on my quote unquote yard. It's not even a lawn. I, I can't call it that. But you know what? I, I'm I don't make, you know, I don't make excuses for it. It is what it is. But I have hundreds of thousands of acres around here to enjoy and that sort of thing. So it's really fun to just know that I can walk outside and be surrounded by nature. So that is a wonderful blessing. So again, thank you, Shelly, for asking that question. Uh, The next question comes all the way from Australia. Gaynor, thank you so much for your question. And she wanted to know a little bit about my family history in ranching and how 
that all began. And again, that is a really long, deep topic. But I will just tell you, um, I'm a fifth generation cattle rancher. And that all began, honestly, back in the 1600s when my family came over. Like many of your families, um, my family actually was pretty much stationed around New York and then eventually moved out to Wisconsin and then moved to Montana. And my great, great, great grandfather is who settled there. And I was fortunate enough to find a handwritten account of his, well, of his life. It, you know, it's not real in depth, but it's enough to where you really get a sense of what the pioneers went through to settle the West. It is absolutely astounding. And so anytime I'm feeling like I might not be up to a task, all I have to do is remember what he and my great, great, great grandmother, what she went through, um, all the modern conveniences that we have now, you guys, I think about it and I, you know, we complain about having to do dishes or laundry or whatever it might be. And the reality is, is do you guys realize how easy we have it now? Do you know how much they probably would have wanted to trade places with us? So I always think about our modern conveniences and how easy we truly have it. But as far as that, uh, my family came out here and my great, great, great grandfather, they were in sheep when they first started, much like many people when they settled this land and eventually got into cattle. Um, they had draft horses. And I always laugh because I think, well, maybe that's where my love of Perturans came from. And that's why we have a draft cross breeding program because of all of that. And there's a lot of old pictures that I have found with these horses. And oh my gosh, it's so interesting to see. But wow, they were cowboys back then. And, and they just made do with what they had. And that's pretty, pretty cool to see. So a lot of grit determination and drive went into what they did. And my grandfather himself, Gaynor, speaking of Australia, back in the 60s, he partnered with a few people and they actually had cattle on cattle stations in Australia. So imagine that living in, Amer in America, living in Montana in the 60s, and I think it started out in the 50s actually, and going all the way to Australia multiple times investing in cattle down there. I mean, it just blows my mind. And he had cattle everywhere. He had cattle in Mississippi. I think he helped my great uncle with some cattle in Alaska. Like I think about him and his entrepreneurial spirit. And I think, wow, what a man he was. And I feel like I've inherited a little bit of that. Number one, I don't like to sit still. Number two, I've got a lot of irons in the fire all the time. And that kind of leads me into the next question, which is kind of funny because this is how it came in. And I thought, wow, this is this is pretty perfect. So this question comes in from Christina. Uh, how do you fit it all in? So many irons in the fire. How do you manage time and manage to have dinner on the table? I think that's a great question. And oh, my gosh, how do I even answer that? Well, I could give you a superficial answer, but I think I'll just be completely honest with you and I will just tell you that I just do. The reality is, is that there is no such thing as perfection. So I, I want to mark that off first and foremost. There is no Martha Stewart that lives in this house. <laughs> there, there might be a little bit of Mae West, you know, that kind of thing. But what I will say is, I get it done because I get it done. Now, if you were to come in here and give me the white glove contest, speaking of Martha Stewart, I would fail miserably. But guess what? 
I don't ever figure that at the end of my life on my tombstone, they're going to write, she kept an amazing house because those days are over, guys. I am, I was not meant to, you know, be this housekeeper, have this immaculate home, all that. I think that's wonderful. I think that's amazing if you can have those things. But when you live on a ranch in the middle of nowhere and you are a wife, a mom, a homeschool mom on top of that, a cowgirl, rancher, I mean, I've got so many things going on, but I also tend to prioritize those things. Now, I'm not saying that we live in a pigsty. I'm not saying that, but my house rates in the lower quarter of my priorities every day. And the cool thing is, is I have a husband that pretty much agrees, you know, how clean my house is, isn't going to pay the bills. Now, our calves being alive. Yeah, that's what's going to pay the bills. My business, you know, me helping my team and things like that, that helps pay the bills. Um, my son being educated and getting through school, you know, that is important. That will help pay his bills someday. So I'm always looking at the bottom line and what takes priority each day. I do journal and I will honestly tell you guys that I got away from that a lot and I used to journal like crazy when I was in high school and I had all these goals and dreams and even into my 20s and I got away from that but I will I find that journaling allows me just a few minutes each day to clear my head and get my thoughts down on paper and what's really fun is looking back at some of those thoughts and how I've grown in certain areas but then also it helps remind me of some things that I may have forgotten about. And I'm not talking about starting a journal on January 1st and getting till January 10th and then I'm done. Like, well, that's happened before. Well, that's kind of like New Year's resolutions, right? That's why I have vowed to never make another New Year's resolution again. It's like, you know what, this is life and we shouldn't have to wait till January 1st to make an important change, you know? And if it's important to you, you will make it happen. If you're saying something because it's important to someone else, that's a whole nother subject. We, I think we've probably all done that at a time or, time or two in our lives, and I'm no exception to that. So I know what's important to my family. And, you know, we eat two meals a day. And that might astonish some of you, but I do something called intermittent fasting where I only eat certain hours of the day. And I'm not talking about crazy starvation, nothing like that. But I'm really trying to make some positive changes in my life. And at 47 years of age, I figure if I can control where I eat, or I should say when, where, yes, where, when I eat versus what I eat, number one, I can control that a lot better. Number two, I am a much happier person. And I have some food issues, you guys, and I'll be delving into that too down the road. Um, I've, I've had those since I was probably seven years old, and there's a whole reason why that happened. But for right now, I will tell you that we eat two meals a day. And I'm not saying that my 12-year-old son eats two meals a day. He has a breakfast. We don't do so much of a breakfast. We do lunch and we do supper. So I know when those are going to happen and I have those times in my head. Uh, meal planning is a big thing that happens for me. And meal planning to me is not sitting down with my perfectly piece of, you know, perfect piece of paper and the little menu. And I admire women who do that. But let's be honest, I'm not one of those women. I generally have a piece of paper and I jot it down and I go to the grocery store if I'm lucky once a week. Generally, it's twice a week. Uh, or twice, sorry, once every two weeks. And so I kind of have to have some foresight. Now, what do you think is at the heart of our meals? 
Well, beef, of course. We raise beef, so that's beef. It's a lean, grass-fed beef that we raise, so I know what we're putting into our bodies there. But when I get to Rapid City, and that is the nearest town from me that has a Sam's Club or bigger stores like that, that might happen once every two weeks if I'm lucky or once a month. And I like to go to Sam's Club, but produce only lasts so long, as you guys know. So having a general idea of the things that you want to make is really important. And just knowing, you know, what's going to be coming up. For instance, you know, there's holiday meals that you might be making or there's birthday situations or maybe there's a branding coming up, which we will, you know, have coming up next month already. So having the foresight to look ahead and I love nothing more than like on a rainy day. I'm not going to clean my house, but I might make some crispies for branding or things like that. That's just... (laughs) Gosh, I'm leaving the impression that we're, you know, living in some hovel here, but we're not. I just, I want to make that clear to everybody that in this day and age, you are who you are. And there's no sense trying to compare yourself to anybody else. If you and your family are happy with how your lives are, there's no need to change that. Of course, you can always improve and you can get better. And hey, where would life be if we weren't constantly trying to do that? And that is a message that I send out all the time. And I'm always trying to do it for myself. But if those changes aren't serving you, or if you're trying to make changes based on what somebody else thinks or wants, it's not enjoyable. And I can speak from personal experience over that. So I've kind of come to that conclusion that, you know what, this is the way it is. Yes, I can figure out new storage ideas, or maybe there is a new meal planning thing I can do. Um, Maybe there's a way for me to budget a little bit better. Maybe I should get up an hour earlier and go to bed an hour earlier, you know, to fit things in. And so there's always ideas, right? But I guess, Christina, in answer to your question, how do you fit it all in? You know, I fit it all in because I fit it all in. It, It is my life and I know what the priorities are and then I know what the priorities aren't. So that actually is going to, I'm going to skip around a little bit because I'm looking at my list here and Laura from North Dakota actually sent me this question and it kind of fits right into this. Um, So what do you do for me time or to treat yourself? Wow. (laughs) Let me admit something here right now, guys. Uh, I, when I lived in cities, managed um, in one of my career options that I had, I managed a couple of day spas. Well, let's be honest, eight day spas and salons. And I do have my cosmetology license. So that is something that I absolutely adored. And one of the benefits of being the manager of all of those spas and salons was that I got free treatments every week. So I found myself falling absolutely madly in love with massages. Well, I can't tell you the last time I had a massage. Well, wait a minute. Yes, I can tell you the last time I had one. It was February of 2020 before everything came crashing down. And the only reason I had that massage was because I went on a getaway that I earned through my company, uh, my side gig, if you want to call it that. And we were treated to massages and it was heavenly, let me tell you. But I have to be realistic with how I can, you know, do self-care, if you will, in my life. Out here in the middle of nowhere, I have to have realistic expectations. And that realistic expectation is not that I'm going to go get a massage every single week. Like that just isn't. And if it were important, and I actually was talking about it the other day, I like to set goals for myself and then reward myself with some sort of a 
treat like a massage or things like that. I don't necessarily go for things so much anymore. And there's a whole thinking behind that. And I can expand upon that at another time. But one of my favorite things is, and I won't talk about my hot tub because we do have a hot tub, but it is not set up. And that's a whole nother topic. I won't go into that. So what is the next best thing for me? Well, it's my bathtub. I am the queen of bubble bath and essential oils and things like that. My husband probably, if you heard me, would be like, "Uh uh-huh. She's got like every flavor, every scent in the book. That is where I retreat. I like to spend, you know, at least once a week, if not every couple of days in the bathtub. I'm a, a July baby, so I love water. I'm a water sign, and I don't know if you guys are into that sort of thing or not. I'm not really, but I just know that from people talking, and who knows? Maybe that's why I like water, and maybe it's not, but that's one of the things that I enjoy, and I used to be one of those gals that always had painted toenails, and <laughs> honestly, after I became a mom, that kind of went by the wayside. Sometimes I will treat myself and spend a little time doing my nails. Uh, my sister-in-law, or future sister-in-law, I should say, um, she actually has these really cool little nail strips that she sells, and so I'm you know, honoring her business and shopping small and doing that whole thing, and I love those, but it takes me time to do that so that it doesn't look like a three-year-old put them on, and I just don't always take the time. So, Laura, in answer to your question, um, I try to do things that I enjoy every every little bit that I can, but honestly, a bubble bath is probably the most awesome thing, and I try to walk on my treadmill religiously. I do three miles every day. I try, and I take one day off a week and stuff, and people might say, why do you walk on a treadmill when you live out in, in all that land and stuff, and honestly, rattlesnakes. Rattlesnakes is the answer. (laughs) If it's not rattlesnakes, I have gotten stared down by a rogue bull. I almost got chased up a tree by a mad mama cow one year. Um, I have ruined walking shoes through the mud and I've had unsavory characters out here driving around drinking. So I'm not going to walk around with my pistol on my chest. Um, I do that when I'm checking cattle. Don't get me wrong. I definitely do that. I don't leave home without a gun. That's kind of another topic. So no, I don't enjoy um, walking per se. I like to get on my treadmill and just, you know, put on my headphones and listen to a book on tape, a great podcast or music, whatever. Um, But I'm always trying to get out and do those things daily or get in, in, in my house, in my treadmill, on my treadmill. But That's basically what I do. So gosh, you know, I think every day is different and I don't live in a state of perfection either. Going back to Christina's question, you know, how do you do it every day? Well, every day brings something new. And one thing that I have learned living out on the ranch is that you might make all the plans in the world, but I will guarantee you when you make plans, something will come along to change it. And that's why, you know, we celebrate holidays, especially during this time of year at home. Easter is a big one. We don't go anywhere because I tell you what, if you get dressed in your Sunday best and head out to go to dinner somewhere, you're going to look over and there's going to be a cow in trouble calving. It happens every single time. So we've just gotten more practical with what we choose to do and where we choose to go, you know, and with our thoughts and ideas on what we want to do. And yeah, you know, I map out the year and I kind of see what's important and what's going on and, you know, doing things like that. But it's always a challenge um, every time of the year, just based on what's going on. So 
the bottom line is, is I feel very blessed to live this life. And if you're a fellow rancher or farmer, I think you totally understand what I'm talking about. And I can delve much deeper into these topics, but I figured the first episode or two, I would answer some of these questions. And I had a bunch more questions come in today that were really exciting and fun something a little bit off the cuff. And I've already started my list of future guests that I'm going to have on the show or a podcast. Can I call it a show? I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) I'm super excited because I'm really going to focus in on women that inspire me, whether it be women that are, well, makers, if you guys know what a maker is, and I'm talking about leather workers, silversmiths, you know, photography, um, photographers, things like that, people that are actually making a living from the middle of nowhere. And I'm included in that. Um, my side gig turned into something that I never, ever in a million years envisioned that it would. And to create success from wherever you live was really something that wasn't focused on before this last year. And now this year, everything has changed. And, you know, I think I just think it's awesome that I can help support people by putting their names out there. So look forward to that in the next few episodes. Um, Like I said, I'm going to continue to answer some of these questions, um, but then you're not just going to be hearing from me. You're going to get to hear from other people too. So I'm super excited about that and I hope you are too. So with that, I am going to end this episode. I hope you guys have a great weekend, week, whatever, and I'll be back with you here next time. Thank you for listening to the Native Cowgirl Podcast. Please take some time to rate and review this podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thank you for listening to the Native Cowgirl Podcast. Please take some time to rate and review this podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.